0: Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh day Adventist Church podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Pinato. All right, well, let's move on again. So, how do we prepare for the end of time? Uh, We mentioned these are the five areas that we will see as we near the end of time. How do you prepare for something like this? How do you prepare for natural disasters? How do you prepare for catastrophes? Uh, and let me see here um, an example of this. Um, I was reading that there was a, a typhoon. There, the Seventh-day Adventist church was going to hold a Bible conference in Mozambique this last week. And they had to cancel it because there was this uh, typhoon that was just, uh, you know, I don't know exactly sure the damage that it caused, typhoon that just came on to Mozambique. You know, we see natural disasters happening all over the place. How do you prepare for something like that? How do you prepare for catastrophes? And again, remember, the book of Revelation was not just written for those who live in the United States of America. It's written for all believers all around the world. And unfortunately, the the rest of the world is not like the United States of America. We still have peace here. We we still have calm and security here. But how do you prepare for for man-made catastrophes in other parts of the world? Not only that, but the book of Revelation says that the nations were angry. Do you see anger in the nations today? Let's name a few here. Uh, what's happening in the Middle East? It seems like something's always happening in the Middle East. What do Christian believers and what do Seventh-day Adventist believers, what should they do when they're caught in the middle of this conflict? Uh, Just, uh, was it it last year that we had a huge Syrian um, refugee crisis, immigration crisis of refugees fleeing on foot from Syria because of the civil war that they're facing and going into Europe? How do you handle something like that? Um, uh, Here on this side of the, uh, the world, in the Americas, Venezuela, once the probably the, the wealthiest country of South America, everybody wanted to go to Venezuela. Venezuela back in the day was like what Dubai is today because of the oil, you know, the, the, the money from oil. It was the country that everyone wanted to go to in Venezuela, and then Venezuela has changed. And right now, I think they were without power for electricity for how many days? There's no food. There's no medicine. There's no water. It became a socialist country. People are fleeing. Millions of people are fleeing from Venezuela as we speak right now. How does something like that happen? How do you prepare for something like that? Should we talk about um, what happened in New Zealand? Was it yesterday? How do you prepare for something like that in New Zealand? I think Christchurch just had a, a, an earthquake in, was it 2011 or 2016 or something? I don't remember. How do you prepare for something like that? And doesn't it doesn't just happen in other places. It happens here as well. Happens here as well. The nations are angry. It happened in Charleston, South Carolina, where there was a shooting um, in the church. It happened in Texas. There was a shooting down there. It happened in Pennsylvania. There was a shooting in a synagogue, shooting in a mosque in New Zealand. How do you prepare for something like this? How do you prepare to, to, to confront spiritualism? How do you prepare when you see the United States of America changing? How do you prepare for something like that? How do you prepare for an increase of, of immorality and how do you prepare for financial collapse? So that's what I want to talk about here this morning. How do you prepare for these kinds of things? First and foremost, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. First and foremost is spiritual preparation. Revelation 14, 12 gives us a snapshot of God's people that will be living at the end of time. And notice what the Bible says. It says, this calls for patience patience. And perseverance on the part of God's people, on the part of God's saints who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. So, as I want to talk, how do you prepare for these other things? First and foremost, it's spiritual preparation. First and foremost, it's about patience. It uses that word. Here is the patience of the saints patience, having patience. How long have we been waiting for Jesus to return? How long has it been? You know, I mean, at least for us all our lives, but we haven't been the only ones who have been waiting for Jesus to come. I remember in my previous district, there was a sweet, uh, a sweet, um, a sweet lady. Her name was Vivia and it was a rural district and she had moved into that rural area there of Florida in Bushnell, Florida, um, because she was preparing for the end of the world. And on her property, she had fruit trees and on her property, she even had her own well and it was, she even had one of those old like hand pumps there. Why? Because when the time of trouble comes and your electricity gets cut, you know, she has a way to get water. She's passed away now. But she was waiting for Jesus to come, and he didn't come. This calls for patience is what Jesus says. If you want to be ready for the end of time, you have to be patient. I'm thinking about the flood here. I'm thinking about the flood. How long do people have to wait for the flood to come? 120 years. Had to be patient. Had to be patient. Had to be patient. What if after 10 years, people were like, ah, there's nothing going to happen? Have to be patient. Have to be patient. You have to wait. How about Abraham? God promised something to Abraham. You know what the Bible says? Abraham never received what God promised to him. The book of Hebrews says he only saw it from afar off because he knew that he had an inheritance not in this world, but where? He had a better inheritance in heaven. Abraham was patient. He was patient. Talking about uh, Israel and deliverance from Egypt. By the way, for Easter this, uh, this, uh, this year, April 20, all right, we're going to do a, a, an Egypt. We're gonna, we're gonna, that's what we're going to be focusing on here. But just think about Israel. How long was Israel in captivity in Egypt? 400 years. Uh, some places say 430 years. How long did Israel have to wait for deliverance? Patience, patience, patience. How long did we have to wait for a Messiah to come the very first time? Patience, patience, patience. The Bible says that if you want to be ready for the end of time, you're going to have to have patience. And not only are you going to have to have patience, you're also going to have to persevere. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. We're going to have to be able to persevere. And I'm thinking about there was a parable of Jesus that Jesus talked about this, didn't he? He says a sower went forth to sow, and there was four kinds of seed, right? And some seed fell in the rocky places. And what happened to that seed? It sprang up quickly, but then what happened? It died quickly. Just as quickly as it came up, it died and it wilted. We need to have patience and we need to be able to persevere. Jesus said something. He says, woe to those who say, my Lord delays his coming. He says, you have to persevere in your faith. You have to wait. You have to be patient. Lord have mercy. Watch out with YouTube. All right, watch out with YouTube. I was watching uh, YouTube the other day, and um, someone sent me this uh, YouTube um, video about the end of the world, and the actual title of that YouTube video was this. It said, Mark of the Beast to be Implemented Spring of 2019. All right, be careful with what you watch out there. You know how many views that that video had? It had like over 100,000 views. And I'm like, didn't Jesus say something you you don't know the the day or the hour? But just because we don't know the day of the hour, we have to persevere and we have to be patient. We have to be ready at every time. And and what I've noticed about this is that people get excited about videos like that. And they get all hyped up. And then they make decisions. And then what happens? We've seen it happen time and time again. Of course, it doesn't happen because Jesus says no one knows the day or the hour. It will happen whenever God says it will happen. What we have to do is be ready. But what I've seen is people get caught up in all this hype. Then when it doesn't happen, they get discouraged. The exact opposite of what Jesus is calling us to. Patience and perseverance. And so if someone is preaching a message that that ultimately will make you discouraged, maybe we need to think twice about what we're listening to, right? Because the message of God is not to discourage us. The message of God is to continue to encourage us to be patient and to persevere. Persevere when things get hard. There's a song about that. When the storms of life, my soul has been anchored. When the storms of life, and the, and, the, and the verse says, when the storms of life keep raging. Not, you know, we, have, we all go through trials, and then we come out of trials, and then we go through trials, and then we come out of trials. No, when the storms of life keep on raging in my life. We need to persevere, and we need to have patience. We need to continue to hold on to the Lord, especially, especially when things go bad. That's especially when we need to hold on to the Lord. When things aren't going our way, that's especially when we need to seek the Lord. I remember when I was 15 years old, and I'm going to share this with you again. You've heard my conversion experience, but I remember when I was 15 years old, and when I decided to give my life to Jesus, I had tried it before, and then things went bad, and I was like, ah, the, you know, with this. And, and, but then when I did it the second time, I remember I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know what's going to happen from this moment forward, but I said, God, I just know one thing is that I want to always hold on. I never want to let go. Patience and perseverance, you know, and, and by the grace of God, I'm still here today, even though the storms of life keep raging sometimes. We have to hold on. We have to be anchored into the Lord. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us. Patience and perseverance is how we prepare for the end of time. But not only that, there's another aspect to that and says, here are those who keep his commandments. Oh, that's pretty, I, know, that's, I, should, I shouldn't have to say much more about that, right? That's easy. Obedience. We need to be faithful to the Lord. We need to continue to obey, especially the Sabbath. I just emphasize this. You know, I, I, did I say this last time? I don't know if I said this last time or not. I am so thankful for the Sabbath. Um, when I was at, when, before I got my first job, I really didn't care too much about the Sabbath, right? Because I really wasn't working, right? Before I got my first job, I wasn't too excited about the Sabbath. I thought the Sabbath was boring. And then I got my first job. And then when Friday came around, I was like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I don't have to go into work tomorrow. I can rest. I mean, who, I mean, who doesn't like a day of rest? But well, believe it or not, some people don't like to rest, I guess, you know? And they go to work on Sabbath. Lord Jesus, help us to be faithful to you, especially at the end of time. Help us to be obedient to you. And then finally it says they, are, they have the faith of Jesus. Some translations say they have faith in Jesus. This translation here says they are faithful to Jesus. In other words, they continue to believe in Jesus. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. If you want to know how to increase your faith in Jesus, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this is just such a simple principle. The more time we spend in Scripture, ideally the promise is the greater will be our faith. The less time we spend in Scripture, where will our faith be? Could there be that there are certain things that we can do that are actually detrimental to faith? And the Lord is telling us, no, remain faithful to me, continue to believe in me, stay close to me, continue to to listen to the words of God, immerse yourselves in the word of God. And so as we're talking about preparation for the end of time, and we're talking about the United States of America changing in its government and and change coming to this country and, and not the good kind of change. And as we talk about more natural disasters and more catastrophes, what is the role of the church in the middle of all this? God is calling us to be patient and to persevere and to be obedient and to be faithful to him. But it's interesting. Notice what the role of the church is or the the, the mindset of the church is during this end of time. Revelation chapter 3, 17, we're we're studying about the seven churches, or we were studying about the book of Revelation in our Sabbath school quarter, um, in our lesson guide this quarter. And a few weeks ago, we studied about the seven churches of Revelation. And these were seven literal churches, but these seven churches also become symbols of seven different church ages. And the seventh church, being the church of Laodicea, comes to represent, symbolize the state of the church in the last days. And I believe we're living in the last days. How how about you? You know, We're living in the last days, and so what's the position of the church in the last days? What does the Bible say it is? I'm rich, and I'm increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In a time when we need to be preparing for the end of time, the reaction of the church is, I'm good. I'm all set. I don't need anything. And Jesus says, and you don't know that you're wretched and you're miserable and you're poor and you're blind and you're naked. Now, now what's interesting about this one here, about Revelation 3.17, is that the church is saying, I'm rich and I have acquired wealth. I'm rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. Do you think that describes the church in our day? You know, what's interesting is that church attendance is going down. It's going down, and it's not just going down. Actually, I'm going to talk about that. It's not just going down in our church here. It's going down. Church attendance is going down across the board. You know, not just Adventist churches, but also evangelical churches, Protestant churches. Church attendance is going down. You know why? Because we've got other things to do. You know a church just isn't that important to us anymore. Um, we have you know hobbies to do on Sabbath uh, we maybe we have a little you know, tennis camp, I love tennis you know tennis camp on Sabbath, so we've got to put the kids in tennis camping on Sabbath and they've got to put in basketball camp and oh, I'm just too tired to come to church or I actually have to they called me into church because I'm sorry they called me into work, so I got to go and, and take care of that because if I don't work, you know I, then you know, I won't have enough money to pay the bills and feed the kids and Not only is this a reflection of, of, of church today, it's also a reflection of our society today. We are, at this point, American society, we are the wealthiest we have ever been, believe it or not. We, we are increasing goods like we never have been before. And, 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 and I wonder if there's not a direct proportion between how wealthy we are and how um, prosperous we are and also the moral degradation in our society. I wonder if there isn't a connection there between those two. But not only that, but when you read this here, I'm rich and I have an increase with good. I have acquired wealth and I do not need anything. There's another passage in Revelation that also echoes this same sentiment. Now, this is a sentiment that the church is saying at the end of time. Do you know the other passage that says something similar to this in the book of Revelation? Revelation chapter 18 It is a description of Babylon, of Babylon. And it says, give her as much torment and grief as the what? As the glory and the... Luxury she gave herself. What is the church saying? I'm rich and increased with goods. What about Babylon? Babylon is giving herself glory and luxury. For in her heart she boasts. What does she say? I sit enthroned as a queen. I am, not in, I am not a widow and I will never mourn. The church is saying I'm rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. Do you see the similarities there? In other words, the spirit of Babylon in the end of time will be pervading the church. Lord have mercy. And I know you can get in trouble to say stuff like that. But while the church is Laodicea, the spirit of Babylon is inside the church. And that's why Revelation 12, Revelation 13, Revelation 14 tells us that there's a remnant. There's a remnant, the faithful few. It's the faithful few here in our churches. It's the faithful few around the world who continue to be faithful to the Lord, who persevere in their faith, who are patient in their faith, who obey God, and who are faithful to Jesus. They don't give up on faith when everyone else is giving up on God the remnant is not giving up on God. When everybody else is giving up on the church, they're not giving up on the church. When everybody else is giving up on faith, they are maintaining their faith in Jesus. If we want to know how to prepare, this is the first step in preparation for the end of time, spiritual preparation. I found this quote here the other day in this book, Testimonies to the Church, Volume 5. I actually found this in that, uh, in that YouTube video of uh, Mark of the Beast being implemented uh, in spring uh, 2019. So it's not all bad, right? There's good things that we can learn. I took this one from it. You know, the rest I left aside. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, uh, let me see, what does he say the Apostle Paul? Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. All right. At this time, she says, we must gather warmth from the coldness of others. We must gather courage from their cowardice and loyalty from their treason. Wow, what a woman. What a woman. Isn't that amazing? Oh, at this time, we must gather warmth from the coldness of others, courage from their cowardice, and loyalty from their treason. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to prepare spiritually. Lord Jesus, help us to prepare I put up a video the other day, I don't know how many of you saw it, but uh, it's interesting the responses that I got from that video. Um, social media can be kind of brutal, um, but uh, anyways, go, go go online, go to our YouTube church, uh, YouTube church channel and watch that little video there. And what um, I'm calling you to do right now, and what I called in that video, was I called for us to spend a special season of consecration these next 40 days. A special season of consecration these next 40 days. Call it whatever you want to call it. The important thing is that you participate in it. Can we have a season of special concentration, of of consecration, knowing that we are living in the end of the world, that we need to draw close to God? Can we here individually, you who are sitting in the pews, can we make a decision to draw near to God these next 40 days? Can we do that? Can we do that? It can be characterized by two ways. You can leave certain things behind. Maybe that one thing that, that God is convicting you about, you can leave that one thing behind for the next 40 days. Can you do that? And you know what that thing is. I don't know what that thing is. I'll give you some examples here. But, you know, maybe God's been convicting you that maybe you need to make some changes in your, in your lifestyle. You know, maybe you, you're eating too much of something and maybe you need to stop eating so much of that. Uh, maybe you should try a... Remember, it's only for the next 40 days. You know, and, and if you like it, maybe it can stick. And if you don't like it, well, Lord, have mercy on your soul. Maybe, maybe you become a, a, a vegetarian for the next 40 days. How does that sound? Or, or no, that's, that's too extreme. Maybe, maybe we can leave red meat. Is that, is that a little bit better, right? You know, red meat, high in fat, you know, cholesterol, heart disease, all those kinds of things. You know, maybe we can leave red meat for the next 40 days. Can we do that? You know. What about maybe taking a media fast? You know, that all the negativity that's on, that's on media. Maybe we can take a media fast for the next 40 days. Maybe we need to take a fast from our anger. Anybody here angry? No, no. Nobody here is angry. Maybe we can take a fast the next 40 days from our our, our angry attitudes, our impatience, or whatever it is. Maybe for these next 40 days I can seek God and, and say, Lord, I surrender this to you. Lord Jesus, help me. Or maybe for these next 40 days we can take up certain things. Maybe we can say, Lord Jesus, I haven't been as faithful in my devotions with you. I want to spend time every morning or every evening just spending time reading Scripture, praying, focusing on spiritual things for the next 40 days. Can we do that? You know what it is. You know what it is that you need to do. Maybe I can spend time in Scripture. Maybe I can spend time memorizing Scripture these next 40 days. I'll, I'll take one verse, one Bible passage that I really want to memorize, and these next 40 days I'll just be focusing on that, on that Bible verse. Maybe not just memorizing Bible, a Bible verse for the next 40 days, but memorizing hymns here for the next 40 days. Maybe there's a song they just want to memorize. Uh, one of the things we've been doing with our little one here is I've noticed that um, I don't have any songs memorized. And so I'm there doing my little morning worship with my little guy, and I'm trying to sing a song, and I don't know it. And he's in my arms, but I need a, I need a hymnal in my arms, and I just can't do that. And so I said, wow, there's something to memorizing songs and just being able to memorize songs, hymns. And so we've been working on that, memorizing hymns, memorizing songs. How about these next 40 days, spending time in prayer for yourself or maybe prayer for someone? How about reaching out to someone these next 40 days? And in the list of our bulletin, we have a list of shut-ins who aren't able to come. How about maybe, uh, let me see that, that's 40 days. is three, or We're actually three or four weeks into it. Maybe every week you call someone on that list. Or maybe every, every week you call two people on that list. What is something that we can do these next 40 days? Another idea, how about we read The Desire of Ages? Chapters 71 through 81. Those are the chapters on the last days of, of Christ's life on this earth, before his crucifixion and his resurrection. How about we spend time reading those chapters? How about we decide to, to engage in service for our community? You have an opportunity next Sabbath, uh, Global Youth Day? How about we decide to spend time, oh, Lord Jesus, help me to, to, to be faithful in my tithe and offerings, for 40 days. I'll test you out for 40 days, Lord. See if you can't be faithful to me and as I am faithful to you. Let's stand as we sing our our closing song. But I want you to think about this. What can you do these next 40 days as a season of special consecration, special prayer, and a special drawing near to God these next 40 days? This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Connect with us on www.jaxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.